Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. I'll tell one little quick um, Oxbox story. In the 1986 World Series between the Red Sox and the Mets, uh, at Shea, the Oxbox is so far away that you are in fair territory. And it was, I don't know, it was in the 30s. It's so cold. If Boston makes the World Series, it's going to be so cold in Boston during the World Series. It was so cold in the, in the game. I thought Shirley Povich was going to die of frostbite. <laughs> I'm out there in the Orcs, and I'm thinking, wow, what do I do if Shirley dies? What do I do? The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. I got such a nice note from Marty Kaiser, who was the editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, having already been the sports editor of the Baltimore Sun, you know, that my telling of these Oxbox stories made him very happy. And I gave him the names of some people who will not be mentioned on this show. <laughs> Two people in particular who chafe when they get a bad seat and scream and yell and maneuver to get better seats. But as I said, Mike Litwin and I, we didn't even want to be at the game. <laughs> but we didn't really care where our seats were. Sure. And he said, everything you said sounds accurate to me. Uh, okay, so this is a Friday show. We have a lot to talk about, but I think... I think we're going to do <clears throat> some family things first. And the, not the greater show family, my actual family. Michael, what is waiting for you? What, what torch has been passed? So, so I always, whenever I arrive and, and you pull me aside and say, something's waiting for you on the table. I get a little nervous because normally it's a registration that I have to update for you. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but no, this is, I found this draped over the back of the chair. This is the family cape. It's the cape. The cape I'm with the I'm passing the cape on. I've reached that age. You know that lovely, wow, there's a lovely commercial, I think it's for Traveler's Insurance, but I'm not sure who it's for, where it's a hardware store and the owner hugs his daughter and says, it's time. She then takes over the store. Uh, it's time for you to have the cape for this Halloween and for ensuing Halloweens. Yeah, I don't remember with, stocking the, the with, store for you throughout, the, throughout my childhood. With but. one caveat. What was the caveat? So this is a this is an insider look, but if anyone's read Name of the Wind, I feel like Kvothe here just getting my cloak from <laughs> Fella because it's all about the small pockets where you can hide things. And I feel like my, my four and a half year old, but the lower left, you go lower left, there's no pockets on the outside. No pockets lower on the outside. Left. The inside was for stealing sandwiches on the on the sandwich line at Harper College. There's money. <laughs> there's a single dollar bill, but that's not that's not it. it there's a restaurant. There. Frankie and Johnny's one of the great steakhouses. Two six nine W forty fifth Street, New York, New York. No. West 45th in the theater district, one of the great steakhouses ever, and I don't know if it still exists, Frankie and Johnny. Cinnamon, Frankie and Johnny. cinnamon lossages. Uh, no, sort of cinnamon like lifesavers by Reeds. Reeds. And then one last piece. This I, is the best piece. That piece has been in there for over 50 years. Now, you years. need to explain a harmonica, harmonica, a gold star harmonica. And that harmonica is 55 years old. I don't think it works. And so that, that was when I decided I wanted to be John Sebastian. <laughs> And I wanted to play the harp and the harmonica, and I couldn't do it because I have no musical skills whatsoever. But you, from now on, the torch is passed. On Halloween, you wear that cape to the door to give out. So I, I feel like I can't, I can't remove the harmonica from my new neighborhood, or I might, I might get flagged. But you need to put those. Those things have to stay. When you give this to either Bootsy or the Hammer down the road. I expect those things to still be there. <laughs> the competition starts now. The money may have been spent. Yeah. Uh, no, I've got... So, and now that we're... Is there a dollar? Get, that dollar may be signed. There may be a, a reason for that. If you look on it, that may be a signed dollar bill by no, somebody. No, unsigned. Just a, just a dollar? Just bus fare, probably. Okay, okay. So I, it, now that we're getting a little bit of this chill in the air, I was driving over, and you know, not, now that I see the, the cloak, 
I'm thinking about when you would walk us when you were in town, when you weren't at the, say, the Olympics <laughs> between 1988 and 1994, mm. uh, when you'd walk us to school wearing this cape. This cape, it's a great cape. It is a great it's the cape. I've ever had it. heads. The, the uh, clasps are lion's heads. And there's a couple of buttons on it, so you can. It's a momentous day. It's a thick cape. It is. Um, I bought it at a thrift store, and I probably paid no more than $15 for it 100 years ago. Now, now it's worth probably $13. Now, would you wear this, say, like when you're putting, you know, in in a chilly weather? Oh, I definitely would wear this when I'm putting. I might remove it but when I'm putting, but definitely walking the fairways (laughs) as the cape just uh, just floats in the wind. Yeah. No, that's brilliant. Uh, Speaking of my own family again, my daughter was over last night. Liz and Ron were over last night, and Elizabeth cooked, and it was tremendous. She went out on the grill, and she grilled a pork roast. She made um, baked potatoes in tinfoil that were fabulous. You didn't have to put anything on them. I just ate them right out of the tinfoil and didn't slather them with junk. And she made green beans, which I thought maybe had orange sauce on it, orange juice, but it was lemon juice, and they were great. And Michael is a very good cook. Yes. I've said this a lot. There's a butt coming, isn't there? There's not a butt. Elizabeth was a cook before Michael. Elizabeth felt that was a calling. She's a trained professional. She's a chef. Yes. And when you see her work- I follow Instagram work, videos. Right. <laughs> when you see her work, the ease with, with which she makes this fabulous meal, that pork was tremendous. The ease with which she makes this fabulous meal is so admirable by me. And I'm, it's not so much that I'm jealous as I'm awed by it. Sure. It's all organized. She knows when it's coming out. She knows she's got everything down. She also had appetizers. She took um, a, a large loaf of bread. You know, what do they call those breads? The a thin, French loaf, a baguette, yeah, a, fr- yeah, a baguette. She cut it up. She broiled it. She put it in the broiler just briefly so it would get a crust on it and yet be totally tender at the same yeah. time. I mean, she can do all these things. This is what she does. Right. And so I felt so fortunate, you know, that, that I was there and I was the recipient of this. You know, so it was, it was really nice. And I won't get into any arguments that we had, you know, <laughs> because I, I, try, I try to avoid conflict, but I concede I cause conflict mm. because I have strong opinions and they seem, whereas I think they're funny, others, when they hear them, are offended. I'm not good at that. I have flaws. I I understand them. I have no patience, and I'm utterly selfish. I grew up only caring about myself. I'm an utterly selfish human being. If I do something for you, the cost is I have to tell you nine times. Look what I did. Right? That's, oh yeah. That's there's what there's I do. always a record. Right. Yeah. That's what I do. So I'm not. Yeah. The ledger, the diary. God knows I'm not without flaws. These are my flaws. Now. Some people would try to work on their flaws. Me, I think they're charming. So, but they're not. They're not. Uh, we won't get to baseball today. So let me say that Chris Taylor hitting three home runs in an elimination game is one. Uh, it may not be Kirk Gibson. It may not be Kirk Gibson. It isn't Kirk Gibson because that's the World Series. Yeah, that's a different deal. But it is one of the five greatest performances by a Dodger hitter of all time. It's three home runs, and Reggie Jackson had three in the World Series that we talk about to this day, the 1978 World Series. Yeah. We talk about that to this day, Reggie Jackson. And that, you know, that won the game. Three different Yankee pitch, three different Dodger pitchers, three consecutive swings. 
three home runs in a World Series game, one of the greatest hitting performances of all time, but not in an elimination game. Right. Not and he's, the World he's done Series. this throughout the postseason in these elimination games, and you can discount the last one, but it's the it's the timing of the of the first one that gets you the lead when it looked like the game was over in the first inning. Yeah. Well, and Freddie Freeman hit one a out rifle. like a shot. Yeah. Yep, and you say, okay, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's it. You're in a you're in a bullpen game. A, a you're team not that gonna, has you're going to lose it right, right a team here. With you're going Bueller, out. Scherzer, Urias, Kershaw's on the you know he's injured, but Deal. that's the team that's going to a bullpen game in an elimination game. Yeah, and and you say to yourself, it's over. So now, is it over? Well, they have to go to Atlanta. Uh, I don't think that matters to the Dodgers. Maybe it does. I don't think it does. They have Scherzer lined up and Bueller lined up on full rest, but, and there's always dead a arm. but. Max Scherzer the other day said, I have a dead arm. So how many, how many pitches is he going to get? Uh, I don't, he is they a, have to win three in a row. They've won one. They did this last year, didn't they? Yes, they but that was, a neutral, a that was a neutral. Oh, but neutral. the gym's neutral territory. Yeah, it wasn't. Right, I get that. This is but- harder, and Atlanta is so hot. Atlanta is now forty-two and twenty-one in their last sixty-three games. By the way, all six sixty-seven. Who was the kid that went down, and then all of a sudden they just played immediately better? Was it Acuna? Was that the guy? Yep, Acuna. Yeah, yeah. They, so they, they had some great uh, midsummer pickups. Yes, they did, including Jack Pe- Jack Peterson. Jack yeah. Peterson is one. Uh, Duval. Yeah, yeah. Duval like had forty-five home Bobby runs. Duvall. Yes, Eddie Rosario. Just look yeah. at what he's doing in the leadoff spot. Yeah. So havoc. The, the Braves are good. They are. I mean, but if, the, if the, the top of the order for the Dodgers starts to, which they might be doing now, and you start do you know to what look they were in Game Four? They were zero for eleven with one walk. Betts good. and Turner and Seager were zero for eleven. They killed the Dodgers in that game. How'd they do last night? Because it's it's all Taylor. So what's exciting now is you begin to see are the Dodgers beginning to hit the bullpen because they they sort of have figured out how to get past these uh, top of the rotation. They got starters. Yeah, well. They got it. They've got Anderson and Morton coming up. Yeah, uh, but now you look at the if you look at what the Dodgers ran out there, and you think Gratter, I loved his. I loved that he was getting you know uh, getting through innings in like nine pitches. It felt like they start the game with Joe Kelly. Yeah, without the jacket, he doesn't even get out of the first inning. He's only supposed to pitch one, and he couldn't do that. Yeah. I thought that was over. Yeah, I thought it, that game was over. I was going back and forth with the Browns game. And the Browns were up ten nothing in in a heartbeat, and they only they went seven. By the way, yeah. Chuck Todd, well, oh, bad day for Chuck. Three and a half, great day for the monkey. Oh, <laughs> Chuck Todd, three and a half, and loses by by the half, loses by the half. I didn't think. I just thought they'd run away with that. I well, did too. we have, yeah. Actually, you know, we have Jason Lockenfora on next, so we are going to talk about football with Jason, and I guarantee you I will ask about that particular game. And here's the question I'm going to ask for those people who want to know in advance what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, did we learn anything from that game last night other than Denver stinks? (laughs) (laughs) That seems to be the big takeaway, yeah. Right. Denver now has lost four in a row. After going 3-0 to start the season. Against who? Nobody. Against the Jets, the Jaguars, and the Giants. Yeah. Total win total, three. Yeesh. Three and 15. All right? So Denver stinks. Well, I believe at the time it was like, yeah, they're, they're undefeated, but really not buying them. Just them, sort of like with Carolina. Carolina and Las Vegas. Yeah. We're in the same boat. So we will take a break, and when we come back, we will have Jason Locke and Fora. I am Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Policy Genius ad. And again, they, they work on writing. What's scarier than getting a box of raisins while trick-or-treating? And I always add parenthetically, <laughs> I like raisins. <laughs> Paying too much for your home and auto insurance, but Policy Genius can help you avoid that. 
Protect your property from mischief in this spooky season with the right home and auto coverage. Does your home and auto coverage have you saying, oh, my gourd, I'm spending too much? <laughs> Let Policy Genius look for lower rates for similar coverage. Put down your pumpkin spice latte, and I add parenthetically. <laughs> and log on to policygenius.com to check if you can get a better price on your home and auto insurance. It's free, and you could save money more, to go out and spend on more lattes. Mm, lattes. Uh, Policy Genius makes it easy to compare home and auto insurance in one place. They can help you find home and auto insurance similar to what you have now, but at a lower price. They've saved customers an average of $1,250 per year over what they were paying for home and auto insurance. They've saved new customers an average of $435 per year on auto insurance and new customers an average of $350 per year on home insurance. The team will handle the paperwork to set up your new policy or switch over your current one. Getting started is easy. Head to PolicyGenius.com, answer a few quick questions about yourself and your property. Policy Genius takes it from there. They'll compare rates from America's top insurers, from Progressive to Allstate, to find your lowest quotes. The Policy Genius team can look for ways to save you more, including bundling your home and auto policies. And if they find a better rate than what you're paying now, they will switch you over for free. Head to PolicyGenius.com to get started right now. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is called To the Woods. This is by Dalton. We played Dalton's work before. We have. We he writes, Dalton. I'm an independent musician. His music you've played in the past. I record under the name Dalton, and my latest album, titled To the Woods, is out everywhere on Friday, October 2nd, 22nd, which is today. It's available to stream on Spotify or download on Bandcamp, which can be accessed via my website, www.daltontheband.com. I've attached two songs to the woods along with the fuzzed out song already done and we will play that later the music is mainly influenced by the guitar heavy 90 musics music of my youth think a cross between nirvana weezer and blur with a dash of elliot smith and you lost me at weezer <laughs> we'll have another song later this song plays in jason lock and fora we like dalton i'll give his real name later if you'd like all right i said i i teased this before and i said i would ask the first question and it would be exactly this. Did we learn anything at all from the Cleveland Browns game Ugh. last night other than Denver stinks? Yeah. No, I think that about sums it up. Um, yeah. Tone. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that was a chance for Denver to sort of reclaim its season against a, uh, I mean, a, a facsimile of uh, the Cleveland Browns, a, a reproduction of what, they, you know, who they would want to have out there at a lot of critical positions on offense. And one thing Vic Fangio's defense had been okay at this year, um, pretty good at, was stopping the run. If you'll recall, um, he was uh, miffed when the Ravens used the final play of the game to go over 100 yards rushing against uh, Denver. Yes. That was that was quite a tiff. Um, so you know, they they effectively ended Baltimore's streak. I mean, it, it ended for real the following week, but. But they had been pretty good stopping the run, and not so much last night. And, and really, you knew if we make Case Keenum behind a makeshift offensive line beat us through the air, he might not that, he might not be able to do it. But when you you know when the replacement running back goes for almost 150, you're setting a physical tone. You're dictating 
um, and your defense is on its heels. And so, yeah, I, I think it, it closes the, 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 you know, the book on whatever um, the Denver Broncos hoped their season would be. And it's a big win for Cleveland, who now has nine or ten days here to, um, to try to get a little healthier. Apparently, there's the injury to Baker Mayfield is worse than immediately reported. It's not simply a torn labrum. It's fractured in some way. Um, but I, you know what? Honestly, Jason, I thought Case Keenum was a pretty good quarterback at Minnesota, and I was a little bit surprised yeah. he didn't get more of a run in Washington. I, I thought he was pretty good. I think he's pretty good. Am I wrong? I mean, he can... I think with with Case Keenum, he's the perfect guy for this kind of situation. Now, could he hold up over 17 games in 18 weeks plus playoffs at this stage of his career? I don't know. But the caretaker for a week, you know, a couple of weeks, three weeks, and then maybe you have to go back to him again because the situation with with, um, the left shoulder area of, uh, of Baker Mayfield could indeed become diminishing returns then, yeah, look, he understands this system inside out. He can move the pocket, those boots, those waggles. A lot of the stuff that Baker does best, he can do. Do I think he's got Baker's arm strength? No, but Baker's not 100%. And given the nature of um, that injury and the position he plays and the inherent um, toll that will take on him because he's going to be hit, I don't. I don't think there will be a huge drop off to, to Case Keenum. I think it just becomes how big. How big is that sample size? Um, okay. How stretched does Case Keenum get? But it's not like Tony. One of these situations where oh man, here comes the backup. We got to lop this off of the playbook, and here goes twenty five. You know, twenty five play calls out the window, and that whole set of special situations are out because he can't do what the other guy does. It's it's not like that at all. Let me move to something sort of general. I'll get back to specifics, but very general. It seems to me, and I could be wrong, that many more coaches this year are going on fourth down than Mm -hmm. ever before. What is your sense of that? What is prompting this wave of going for it on fourth down? Math. Yeah. Um, Statistics, data, uh, and and the growing... um, the growing voice that those who mine and call that data are are having with decision makers within NFL front offices. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it starts there, and some of the more progressive teams start doing it, and those teams start having success, and it's a copycat league, and guys yeah. are always look over, looking over their shoulder. I mean, coaches are the most paranoid people in the world. So once the perception's out there that, hey, this other thing is working, and you're – you're a dinosaur, and you're not you're not coming around to it. Um, those th- and and then somebody within their building slides a piece of paper across the the you know his desk that shows what the numbers dictate they should have done in these situations and what the best teams in the league are doing in those situations. And then the next thing you know, there's somebody in their ear on game day too saying, "Hey, wait a minute, coach! Before you do that, we have a pro- you know we have a win probability of blah 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 blah." blah if we go yeah. for it versus punting here. Now, there's still some outliers. Um, there's, there's no two ways about it. But I, I do believe um, the numbers are winning a little bit. I agree with you. I mean, I don't think everybody is going to be like Brandon Staley and, and just go for it all the time. But more people, 
more people are going for it. Because when I see Mike McCarthy go for it, then I'll then I guess I'll feel a little bit different. I'm going to stay with yeah. coaches for a second. Joe Judge, who's in his second or third year and having no success at all with the mm-hmm. Giants, took the blame yesterday, and I think his quote was, "The fish rots from the head down." I mean, why yeah. don't you just say fire me? Why don't you just say well, I can't handle this? Yeah, look, I I think he's been um, struggling from the moment he got there, and. Uh, the staff he put together outside of the defensive coordinator, I think, left a lot of people shaking their heads. He then, if you recall, by this time last year, he had already sort of scapegoated to the offensive line coach and you know thrown him to the wolves and put his own guy in, and he had brought that guy in to kind of study the other guy. I mean, that was like, told us like a month into his coaching career. I mean, yeah. it's like, hmm. Yeah. Uh, the things he says, the things he does, leave people scratching their heads. They also had like three or four key players retire this summer. <clears throat> and I'm old enough to remember their um, minicamp and OTAs, excuse me, when their first-round pick didn't have shoes that fit him. Like, it's the NFL. That's odd. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's odd, get yeah. shoes. Yeah. yeah. And then they finally get around to using that pick, Kadarius Tony, And, wow, he's a pretty good player, but what the hell? Why did it take so long for us to figure that out? We drafted him in the first round. Disconnects between the coaching staff and the front office. And, and the GM, Dave Gettleman, has been um, in, in, in quite a rut as well. So uh, that's a bad football team. I don't see much light at the end of the tunnel, Tone. It's not like you can identify two or three rising players and say, those guys might pull them out of the abyss. Um, I think it's going to be another real long season for both uh, both the blue and the green football teams in, in New York City. So we'll go from the outhouse to the penthouse. I'm a little bit surprised that Arizona is the only undefeated team. Me too. And I'm a little bit surprised at how well they're doing. I think that Kyler Murray is the most exciting player out there, but that's because he's a five foot nine inch baseball player, <laughs> and I don't know what he's doing there. How good yeah. are they really? How good is he really? Well, I, I mean, it's 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 difficult to win six straight times in this league. I mean, obviously, they're yeah. the only ones who've done it. And it takes a little luck. Uh, it takes some good fortune. Um, in general, you, you tend to look at those teams and say they've, they've stayed relatively injury-free, or at least they haven't experienced, say, the kind of um, wave that the Browns are coping with right now. Uh I think they're a good team, you know. I, I, do I think they're great? Do I think they're going to go in, into January and, and slay the dragon three or four straight times and, you know, win the chalice? I, I, I don't. Um, I have some reservations about their secondary still. Um, but they're going to score points. I, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, the offense is is in a, a rich vein of form, and I, I think they are, you know, they have the capacity to put up 30-something any given week, and that's, yeah. That's going to make you viable, and the defense is way is better than I thought it would be. Um, do I think it's it's going to be this impactful every single week, all season long? I, I'm not so sure about that, but there's going to be weeks where the offense can carry it. I, I think the key will be, um, and this is, I mean, this applies to every team, but so it's a bit of a cliche. But like their older players in health, you know, JJ Watt's been a force. But the history of J.J. Watt would say that'll wax and wane. Yeah, he'll get hurt. And yeah, he'll him get getting hurt. through seventeen of these plus you're hoping three, four in the playoffs. At this stage, I'm not so sure. You know, Chandler Jones, you know, is another guy. Like, is 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 he going to be as impactful in January, December as he was in September? Um, but if they do, 
there's enough young players around those guys on that defense that you put all that together, and it's 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 good enough to give them a chance uh, against mo- you know pretty much any team in the league on their day. So they have been the talk of the NFC and the talk of the mm-hmm. AFC. Is it goes this way? It's like what happened to Kansas City. But the other part is, do we trust Baltimore? Do we really have true yeah. faith in Baltimore? They're playing this week against a guy who I think is going to be great at some point, Joe Burrow. And yeah. it sets up almost as a letdown game because of their last two victories. And now they're at home. And I'm, I'm just sort of wondering yeah. how you feel. Do you bye. have true home, faith? You know, they're home yeah. and they have the bye looming out there, which sometimes yeah. you can get caught um, looking at that a little bit. Look, they're a good football team. Offensively, they they now are shapeshifters. They can they can morph into different things and beat you in various yes. ways. Um, from throwing more downfield passes than anybody any given week, throwing more first down play action passes than anybody any given week, or running the ball more times than anybody any given week. Um, you know, the offensive line still has some individuals who give me pause. But collectively, they're getting it done. They're using a fullback um, almost 60% of the time. Tone, the average NFL team, uses a fullback 12% of the time. Uh, And they throw better when the fullback's on the field than when he's not. So I'm buying that stuff. Defensively, I don't know, man. Um, it It was a dominant toward the force performance against a very good Chargers defense last, uh, offense last week. Um, I want to see it, you know, if they can back that up against Cincinnati, they, they don't have, um, a lot of proven pass rushers in their prime. It usually takes them getting pretty cute with the blitz to dial up pressure. Um, but the secondary is, is loaded. I don't like the linebacking core and, and, and they don't tackle very well. Um, they give up, I think top five yak, uh, the Bengals throw the ball uh, at, at or within five yards of the line of scrimmage more than any team in the league, and they're top five at generating yak. I want to see how they handle Joe Mixon. I want to see if their first-round pick from a couple years ago, Patrick Queen, um, is seeing a declining role in, ty- in terms of his timeshare because if you try to play him 75 85% of the snaps against this offense, I think you, you might find yourself in trouble. So, um Look, John Harbaugh beats the teams he's supposed to beat, and he can he can punch with anybody. So they're going to be in this equation. But I I want to see this defense and and if it's truly evolving because the offense has evolved. Yeah, very good. Uh, Lamar Jackson's been great. I'll I'll get you out of here on one other question, which is: Is there any team out there where you look at the standings and you say, "Wow, they're better than this"? <sighs> hmm. Better than this. It might not be anybody. I'm yeah, asking. I'm just kind of going through, uh, kind of going through the divisions in my head. I mean, look, I've banged on the Patriots a lot this year, but like, they, you know, they've lost four straight at home. Are they going to lose eight? You yeah. know what I mean? They're going to lose everything at home, eight or nine, whatever they play. I don't think so. The quarterback gives them a chance. I think they're figuring some things out defensively. Um, I, they're not, they're not going to be who I thought they were going to be, which is the wild card team that nobody wants to face. I don't think they'll be that. Um, but I, I do think that they'll get better as the season goes along and they'll win some of these games they found a way to lose. Okay. 
Plugged your radio show in which I made an appearance unless unless I didn't do that already. I think I taped something yesterday and yes, I yes, think I was yes. on. I didn't we, make a fool of myself, did I? No, I think, it was, I'm always worried. It was the, the best 13 and a half minutes we had on the airwaves yesterday. And don't so let anybody nice. tell you otherwise. No, you crushed it. <laughs> People have. We did have the great Tony Kornheiser <laughs> on with us in the five o'clock hour. Uh, yesterday, we are inside access on 105.7 The Fan here in Baltimore. You can catch us daily. From two to six, very heavy football show today, um, as you <clears throat> excuse me might expect. And we'll probably talk a little bit about the ailing Washington football team along the way. You can listen to us on the Odyssey app um, or at www.1057thefan.com. Thank you, Jason. We'll talk Thank to you next you, week. Thank you, sir. Look forward to talking to you next week. Enjoy the games. Jason Locken for boys and girls. We will take a break when we come back. We think we might have James Carville. No, he has confirmed. He okay, will be Okay, and then we will have Jeff Ma. Yes. I am Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. You can use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other, con- uh, in other countries. What am I watching right now? You know, I, I got back into Friends, and last night I was smiling because I was trying to avoid uh, going to the baseball game, and I was watching the... Uh, Joey and Chandler sit in the chair. They order the pizza. I guess I'll cancel the sodas. <laughs> I never watched Friends. Oh, not, really? not for your generation. I never oh. watched it. I watched Seinfeld. I think yeah. Friends was after Seinfeld. I never watched Friends. Not an episode. I've seen all of those people afterwards and gone back and seen like a couple of things. And I think that uh, Lisa Kudrow was very talented yep. when she played guitar and she sang that Smelly song. Cat. Smelly, Smelly Cat. Smelly Cat. I thought that was funny. What are they feeding you? Yes. I didn't think any of the... <laughs> it's not your fault. I didn't think any of the men were funny. I didn't. Okay. I didn't. ExpressVPN lets you change your online location so you can control where you want sites to think you're located. Open the app, select a location, tap one button to connect, and refresh the page to access thousands of new shows or movies. Choose from almost 100 different countries so you can watch anime on Japanese Netflix, Doctor Who on UK Netflix. You can have a whole debate on who's your favorite Doctor Who character. Uh, And you can see more examples uh, if you go on to uh, those various uh, outlets. This works with any streaming service, Hulu, the BBC Player, YouTube. You can stream in HD, no problem, no buffering or lag. It's compatible with all your devices, phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs for Tony, and more. Not only does it let you change your location, it also encrypts your data and lets you surf the web safely and anonymously. Go to expressvpn.com Tony to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. expressvpn.com Tony. That's a very good read. I just want to go back on my comments that, that those three guys... David Schwimmer. David correct. Schwimmer. Yep. Um, who were the others? Matt two? LeBlanc. Matt LeBlanc Matt Le- Joey. Okay, so Matt LeBlanc had a very funny cable show a couple of years ago with with um, two British people. In oh, it. It episodes. Was a, yeah. It was very funny. Playing, playing himself. And the other guy was, was funny, too, in other things that I've seen. I just meant that on that show, when I wandered into that show, I didn't think they were particularly funny, whereas I thought the women were. I don't know. That just... Huh. I, I Friends is a little Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry. Friends yes. is a little too young for me. You'd be amazed. It's now back driving this generation. Is that style, right? humor, everything? Okay. Yeah. All right. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Dalton. This is a song called "Already Done," and he writes like my previous albums. All the tracks were written and recorded on my own, usually wherever I find myself at the time, whether it be my apartment bedroom in Los Angeles, a temporary studio in Brooklyn, or my childhood home in Alexandria, Virginia. If people like Dalton, 
want to send us their music, Michael, how do they do that? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonykornizershow.com. And are we selling anything today? TK Apple, all about jacket season. Yeah. Shackets. 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 Yes. All right. James Carville joins us now. Not a good week. Not a good no. week. One in six no. and 11 and 13 overall. Have you fired T-Boy Lachule? <laughs> or are you still no, consulting no, with him? No, no, no. He had a, a secondary infection for when his son had to pull his tooth with his flowers. <laughs> yes. And his son ground up some antibiotics in his gumbo, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because so, he, he doesn't take... He, the chance that T-Boy is vaccinated is... is Zero. Zero. The chances that you're not vaccinated. <laughs> no, okay. That's right. Zero. That's right. Yes. Zero. Okay. What do you got? Zero. What uh, do you like? All right. Well, um, we got uh, Oklahoma. So I'm doing. Remember, we had the palm contrarian method. So I'm yes. using the total contrarian method. If you see something that makes no sense, go with that. That doesn't make no, any sense at all. So Oklahoma okay. State is undefeated, number ten in the country. They beat Texas in Austin. They're going to Iowa State, and they're actually getting. How many points you got? Like six and a half or what? I'm seeing seven, James. Seven. They're, Oklahoma State is getting seven. That's crazy. All common sense says vote bet on Oklahoma State. Ergo, bet on Iowa State. So you're going to bet on Iowa State? Give, yeah. Giving seven. Okay. Okay. The same is true. So Oregon uh, is a top 10 team, mm -hmm. right? I think they beat Ohio State. They're they did in Ohio UCLA. State. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're going to UCLA, which beat LSU, which doesn't count for very much. And they're actually right. getting two points. I see it as one, but it if you want to take it at well, no, okay. I'll, uh, I, uh, He'll take I'll the take one because he's going the other way. Because I'm taking okay. UCLA. Okay, yeah. UCLA. All right, so you UCLA on this one. Yep, yep. yep. The lack of log logic is it will say it. And then, you know, I always feel like this game, it's not as big as it used to be, but Southern Cal goes to Notre Dame. Yes. And they're getting seven. Yep, that's what I'll go. And uh, I'll, I'll take the things that I used to get in the men's bathroom. The Trojans. <laughs> okay, you're talking. <laughs> Tremendous. US, USC, they don't even have a coach. Yes, it did. You, you, they don't even have a coach at the moment, USC, right? Well, that, they got some they interim guy. Better. Okay. Oh, well, you'll take USC. You know, Notre Dame, not that great. In seven no, they're not. In, in a rivalry game like that. Okay. All right. What else you got? All right. And then... Um, Titans, all right, they are, Kansas City is coming to the Titans, and what's that line? I got Kansas City now giving four and a half. I think it started at five and a half. It started right? at five and a half. Now it's yeah, four and a half. Yeah. It was five and a half when I took it. Okay. I, I, I'm, you give Derrick Henry five and a half points at home, and I'm taking it. I agree with that. He's Jim Brown-esque. I think people need to understand this. And I'm not saying Kansas City won't win the game. But if if I get right. five and a half points with a guy who can get 200 yards any week against maybe the worst defense in of any good team, their defense is terrible, Kansas City. It's terrible. They don't know what they're doing. I agree with you on that, taking Tennessee. I do. They have a hangover from they were so good, you know, a couple of years ago. 
Yeah. And, you yeah. know, people just have to remember that. And then you got uh, the Bears. Right. Going to uh, Tampa Bay, I think. Get yep. 12 and a half. I take the Bears. Really? That's a lot okay. of points. And yeah. Okay. That's a lot of points. Hey, how many All times right. you see a game? I, like, two of the bets that, that I made last week that I lost were the last play of the game. Kentucky takes a timeout with three seconds to go. I remember that game. Cool. That was the Georgia. That was Georgia, right? right? And they went right down yeah, the yeah, field methodically. Yeah. They, didn't, they weren't playing hurry up or anything. And Georgia just said, all right, go in already. Enough. Let's end this. <laughs> you know, and that, and, uh, yeah. yes, that happened. Yeah. Yes. I, I watched hey, it. I thought I, of you. I, I see, watching the game, I, of course, Kentucky beat us, but that didn't count for a lot. But right. watching the game, I, I, uh, I thought Kentucky was pretty good. I mean, Georgia's really good. They, they got yeah. uh, Pete Thamels. They might have 17 draft choices. Uh, and Georgia's then, did, did not feel good. like a trader. Okay. Right? I feel like a trader. Cincinnati right. and Baltimore, what's that line? Cincinnati's getting six? Are they getting six? Uh, six, six, six and a half. Six and a half. I, I take Baltimore, and I, I this is a well. I'll, I'll be. I might pull against myself because of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. They are so good, yeah. Joe Burrow, and they're going to be great. They're going to be great, and yeah, I just wonder good. if it's a letdown game with Baltimore. But if you want Baltimore, we're giving you Baltimore. Yeah, that's what I want. I, okay. I, I, I hate myself for doing that. All right. Well, we love you anyway. All right, that's good. You got anything else, or is All that right. it? But T Boy, he has antibiotics ground up in his gumbo. His son's. That's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Did you get the song? Did you get the song? I love the song. Good. Makes me happy. All right, we'll talk to you next week. I love the song. James, James Carville. All right, girls. that's all y'all. It's always great. T Boy Latchley is taking the ridiculous contrarian view. Yes. I think Oklahoma State is going to win that game. Oklahoma State plus seven. They did just beat Texas in Austin. He's right about that. He went the other way. Do we have Jeff Ma? Are we calling Jeff Ma? I believe Jeff is on the line with us now. Is, is Are that... you there, Jeff? I am. Okay, don't follow Carville. Pay no attention to what Carville <laughs> has done. You just you can't you can't get involved in that. We had an email today that you would like, by the way, before Jeff Ma, of course, with Rufus Peabody. Yes. They do bet the process. Um, from Dylan R. in Eastern Market. He said, shout out to Jeff Ma. When the revelations came out about his water polo career, you had a little write-in about the Cumberland Valley High School water polo team. I also played there. So I hope you feel good about that. You've, you've made water polo live on this show. <laughs> good. I don't what do know what that us? says, but, uh, yeah. I mean, are you guys the number one podcast in covering high school water, East Coast water polo? We're good. We're close. I don't know if we're number one, but I think we're yeah. top five. I think we're trending. I think we're trending. You had a rough week. You were one and four. You're seventeen and thirteen overall, but you had a rough week. No, no, week no. Last I was week. two and three. I was two. You and were. Three, what wasn't? happened? What am I? What am I missing? What did you get that I didn't have you getting? I'll go back in it. Uh, Seattle uh, Pittsburgh. You didn't win Seattle yeah, Pittsburgh. I had Seattle. Right. You had. You had Miami. You didn't win over Jacksonville. You had the Chargers plus three. You had Arizona plus three over Cleveland. You won that, and you had New England plus yeah, four so over two Dallas. Three. Who did you win? Tell me the one yeah. you won. Arizona and which? Seattle? I won Arizona and Seattle. Okay, Seattle covered. They were they were under. It was under six. Okay, my mistake then. Two it's and three. Plus five and a half. Okay, two and three. So eighteen and twelve. 
It just looks better all the time. Yes. It does. All right. What do you got for us? <laughs> well, first of all, I have to make sure that I track you guys because apparently you're trying <laughs> to take away my wins. I would never do that. Um, it's just my own stupidity. Go ahead. I'm like listening to the Carville segment and every single game that he's picking, I'm on the other side. So I don't know if Me that's too. Or that's bad. Well, what I, is, how could you not pick Oklahoma State in that game? What is he talking about? Anyway, although Tennessee, I would take Tennessee. I think Kansas City could well, win so by three. I actually, like Kansas, I actually like Kansas City in that game. I mean, I think Kansas okay. City, uh, just the offense, like, you know, running the ball versus passing the ball and offensive passing is much more efficient in the Kansas City um, only four and a half. I like, you know, obviously the line's coming down, so I like that minus the four and a half. Okay. I'm going to take uh, Miami plus the two and a half against Atlanta. Um, I know Miami is looks terrible, and obviously losing to Jacksonville and, and London was they not. They stunk um, for you last week. They killed you last week. You're going back to them? Well, I mean, they they stunk, but I mean, they 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 were winning that game, and and ultimately that's why they're getting two and a half now at home against an Atlanta team. But what what has Atlanta done to make you think they should be favored by two and a half on the road against any team in the NFL, except for maybe what Houston or something? No, Atlanta stinks. Yeah, Atlanta terrible. stinks. It's a battle of stink off. <laughs> yeah, what else you got? Well, speaking of stinking, I'm going to take Detroit plus the sixteen and a half against the Rams. This is too many points in an NFL game. I, I know Detroit's 0-6 and, and like did not show up last week um, and the Rams are arguably the best team in the NFL, but um, I still think 16.5 in an NFL game is, is just too many points. Where is that game? It's in, it's it's in LA. The Rams. Okay, so there's no added motivation for Matthew Stafford to go back to Detroit or anything like that. Would you, would, would you factor that in in a bet like that? No, not really. Okay. I mean, okay. What, what? Yeah, uh, these are all professionals. Like this extra motivation thing, that narrative is always sort of overblown. Okay, um, I'm going to take New Orleans minus the four and a half against Seattle. And Seattle, obviously, this is a must win for Seattle. All that kind of stuff. But um, I just don't think Geno really has it in this situation. And New Orleans defense will probably give him a lot of trouble. And uh, just think, yeah, just think New Orleans is the right side here, minus the four and a half. I was stunned that he was still in the league, Geno Smith. He was terrible when he was with the Jets. He was terrible. He was awful. And I, didn't, I couldn't believe he was still in the league. I would feel no sense of comfort going to him. None at, none at all. None at all. And he was a top, wasn't he a top three pick at one point? I think That's so. That's a pretty high pick. What else? Uh, I'm going to actually go to college, and it's the same same game that Carvel was on where he mentioned the things you got out of a men's bathroom. I'm going to take the other side, though, Notre Dame minus the seven against SC. I think SC is a mess right now, and the line should probably be over over 10 points. But, you know, with the SC brand name, you're getting a little bit of values with that. So I, I think Notre Dame wins that game comfortably. USC in the last X amount of years is consistently terrible. They're, they're just they're not a good team. The next coach that they hire will be their fifth coach in 12 years, which is unheard of for a ma- right for a major college program outside of the SEC. They don't they just don't cash these guys out all that quickly. I think that's a real mess. You're out there. You're in, well, you're in California anyway. I mean, it's awful, right? USC. 
Yeah, it's a weird situation because it, it, it even seems like the, some of the coaches that they've had there relatively recently that have been pretty good coaches. They just haven't, you know, either they've given up on them or whatever situation that's happened. There's both, you know, Sarkeesian and, and Lane Kiffin. And, the, you know, it, it, it is it is a little bit strange what's happening there from a coaching perspective. And the next coach, I mean, it's a pretty good job, obviously, being able to recruit there. I mean, they're no longer the only professional football team in Los Angeles, so they they have to compete with the other two teams now. But before that, you know, they got their free reign. They they fired two guys in the middle. They fired Lane Kiffin on the tarmac yeah. coming back from a trip. They fired Sarkeesian for drunkenness, public drunkenness, in the middle of the – that's a disaster, I think. I think that's worse than LSU. I, I really do. I think it's worse. Oh, anyway. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough situation. That's your first college game this year. It is. It is. I mean, it's a tough, it's a tough NFL slate. A lot of the people that I know that are professional betters don't really have a lot in the NFL this week. So you know, we grab grab some college and see how we do. So does bet the process have a college component all the time or just occasionally? Um, we do. I mean, we we kind of have gone away from having like a real structure to the podcast in terms of right kicks and things like that um and yeah i mean lately we've been kind of going through college and and rufus does do a fair amount of of uh you know candy capping in college and this week he gave out a a few plays on the podcast and you know another one that he gave out we can throw out there and this is from rufus's colorado state tonight against utah state so he thinks that line should be much higher and likes colorado state so if you want some action on a friday night colorado state is the is the game minus three Wonderful. All right. Thank you, Jeff. We'll talk to you next week. I'm sorry for cheating you out of a game. Jeff Ma. All right. I just need to keep an eye out on you guys, I guess. (laughs) Jeff Ma. And by the way, before we get a million emails, Geno Smith, second round, 39th pick overall. Oh, I thought he was higher than that. I thought he was like top five. I think he was being discussed At West Virginia, he was really really good. I think he was being talked about as a first round pick and then in the pre-draft process didn't do well. All right. We will take a break. We will come back with email and jingle. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. Ronnie Newmeyer and Tom Lofgren playing us with the Beatles and the birds echoing in my head. Somewhere down the road, guys, there may be a gig for you. <laughs> I'm working on it. Nigel, why don't you do the Bethesda Bagel ad? Yes, before I do that, can I just say that uh, Ronnie Newmeyer and the New Flyers will be playing a Last Waltz tribute in three weeks, Saturday, November 6th at the Hamilton. That's just wonderful. Wouldn't that be They're great at the to Hamilton. see? Yeah. That would be great the to see. The Last Waltz tribute. I would love and to see that. And that would get me out of having to watch the Hallmark <laughs> Christmas specials, <laughs> which, begin, which begin today. Yes. Um, but thank you also to Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you'll be thrilled. All righty then. That'll just about do it for us today. But before we get to the mailbag, let me 
go through a Halloween-inspired lyric. When I look out my window, many sights to see. And when I look in my window, so many different people to be. That it's strange. So strange. You got to pick up every stitch. Oh, no. Must be the season of the witch. Done by two different people. Uh, season of the witch done by Donovan. Right. And season of the witch done I. There's somebody else that's done Season Absolutely. of the Witch. It's a cover, and it's very good. Donovan, the Scottish Bob Dylan, yes. many people say. Um, I, I, I don't know who the other people are, but I I want to say it's the Blues Project. I'm not sure. Thanks to our guests today, Jason Lock and Four of CBS Sports, James Carville, and Jeff Ma, host of the podcast Bet the Process with Rufus. Woof, woof. And thanks as well to today's sponsors, ExpressVPN and Policy Genius. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. How I wish that Jessica Mitchell lived near here. I would have a job for her. As <laughs> By the way, Vanilla Fudge? Vanilla Fudge did Season of the Witch. Yeah. I'm not thinking of that. Okay. Somebody else did it. Trinity, Al Cooper, and Steve Sills. Al Cooper. Al, is that, is yes. that the one? Al Cooper. Okay. Al Cooper, yes. 68 with Steven Sills. Yes. Super it's tremendous. Yes. It's tremendous Season of the Witch. Uh, from William Anderson in Loveland, Colorado. Dear Grandpa, I was thrilled this weekend to have my David, David Aldridge moment, sort of. My friend John Shway visited me this weekend and walked by as I was watching Friday's PTI rerun. Hey, I know that guy, he said. My brother Jim went to school with him at Binghamton. So I know someone who knows someone who knows you. We're practically neighbors. When can I bring my badly painted trailer to your street or barring that my foxproof sleeping bag to the little house? I don't know this name. I don't know this person. I, I'm glad they know me. Jimmy I'm, Shue? Yeah, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with it. Ray Saunders in Nantucket. This is more of an FYI than a mailbag. David Remnick has a fantastic piece on Paul McCartney. The first few graphs are writing genius, and it goes on from there. I read it on my phone, and with a New Yorker piece that was insane, I hope that you can enjoy it. David Remnick is great. I'll bring it over. Yes. Thank you, David In my Remnick little New Yorker tote bag. I'll call him. Uh, <laughs> Dylan in Eastern Market. Dear Mr. Dr. Grandpa, I was listening to Chuck Todd talk about his West Coast College tour when my eyes lit up at the mention of Jack Kemp Stadium. I know that place, I shouted to an empty room. I attended Occidental College, and yes, we do call it Oxy, where I played water mm -hmm. polo for four years at the old Taylor Pool next to the Jack Kemp Stadium. I'm sure Mr. Todd was treated to a tour of Oxy's brand new multi-million dollar aquatic complex, which opened this year. While the new pool is beautiful, the old pool was the oldest competition pool still in use by any NCAA school in the country as of my graduation in 2015. Dedicated in November of 1930, it had many classic columns and arches and was a stunning backdrop for the many times we got our butts kicked by the other teams in our conference. <laughs> the school does love to talk about how the former president attended the school, but they curiously failed to mention his transfer to Columbia after his sophomore year. That was Barack Obama who started there. Thanks for the show and all you do. P.S. Shout out to Jeff Ma. When the revelations came out about his water polo career, you had a little write-in about the Cumberland Valley High School water polo team. I also played there. That's lovely. Um, from Michael in Raleigh, North Carolina. On Monday's episode, while recounting your most recent golf trip, you mentioned that after playing 18 holes, you enjoyed the course's buffet. You quickly cut the story, story short by saying nobody wants to hear that. With all due respect, Dr. Hoffloff, there are a few things I want to listen to more than how you chose to tackle a buffet. Here's hoping you'll have time in the third hour of Wednesday's show to give us a play-by-play -play of Grandpa Tony at the Caves Valley Golf Course Buffet. Please tell Rex, my father, and Jay, my uncle, who have both written to the show and have never been read on air to respectfully eat it. Please don't use my name. Did you go with the catfish fillet? I, I did not get the catfish. Cheeseburger? I got But you did not get the cheeseburger. You didn't get the Maryland crab soup. I did not, and you loved that, didn't you? I loved you? it. Uh, Best hot dog around. Bill Isle. 
<laughs> In the same spirit as news about cruise ships, I wanted to bring this to your attention. Saudi Arabia is planning on building a massive theme park concept on an oil rig. In the ocean. <laughs> this brings to mind a quote from none other than Chris Saliza. Two words, rogue wave. Please read my name on the air. Justin Belial. Chris Saliza right now on his way to Pinehurst. A fancy golf trip. Ooh. Fancy golf trip for Chris Saliza. Playing two, four, and eight, and the cradle. He'll yep. be on the cradle this afternoon if you're around. If you're around him. and you want to say hello to Chris Saliza. Yeah, from Les Kozak in Westerville, Ohio. Mr. Tony, I wore pants today as well. Please let me know if you choose shorts or pants tomorrow. I will likewise inform you of what I decide. I wore pants to walk the dog. I'm wearing shorts now. P.S. I'm glad we can have a sophisticated discussion, unlike those rum-dums who tell you what they had for lunch. <laughs> wonderful. From Steve the Sycophant. Hey, Big T. I just wanted to let you know when I left my house yesterday morning, I was wearing pants. I also had on a shirt and socks plus an undershirt, undershorts, and shoes. The next time I run out early in the morning to get the Washington Post in my driveway, wearing only my undershorts, I'll be sure to let you know. <laughs> These are so wonderful. Here is a haiku from Shad as to what people are wearing. I am wearing pants, season change reaction, or old man muttering. <laughs> Mike Passian, Peterborough, Ontario, north of the border. Mr. Tony started off Monday's show with this hard-hitting piece of news. For the first time yesterday morning and this morning, I wore pants. It's exactly that kind of deep, thoughtful insight that keeps bringing me and the other nine listeners back to the show. Keep up the good work. And it, the, Gmail, the email is titled, And Mr. Tony Has Never Won a Pulitzer. <laughs> Uh, from Joel Schoen, I hope I pronounced that right. So Mr. Tony announced on Monday that Sunday was the first time in months he'd went out with pants on. Some I think the neighborhood has bigger problems than old trailers and RVs. I just, you know, it's, it's not that I didn't wear anything. I was wearing <laughs> shorts since May. Yeah. Shorts. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Later, he gets the rebound, passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom, and goes the dynamite. <laughs>
Okay. 